Hello everyone, welcome back to the Justice League Wrapped. Justice for some, fun for all. We've got an exciting episode this week featuring an interview with our very own beloved commissioner, Mr. Mike Catherwood. As usual, we will break down our weekly matchups, which this week had a little bit of everything. We had blowouts, we had decisive victories, and we had races so close they were tighter than Stephen Lecce's pants. A lot of action on the waiver wire over the last seven days. A special shout-out to Chester for not wasting any time Monday morning, shoring up some goaltending bright and early at 5 a.m. If you waited until noon to check out the free agent pool, you may have missed the boat. The Justice League clearly rises before the sun. Let's hop into these matchups. Leading off, we have the Uncle Vaxxers versus the Hot Wings in what came to be an absolute massacre. Chester and the Hot Wings showing no mercy with a 12 nothing win. 37 assists, 6 goalie wins, plus 11, 18 power play points. These are dominant numbers that would have given anyone in the league a hard time with a matchup. Catherwood, you put up a large number of assists this week that would have been good to win in a lot of other matchups, but you ran into a hot squad. Uh, it's clear with totals like these, the work ethic on the waiver wire to back it up, Chester and the Hot Wings are going to be a threat to win it all this year. Moving on, look for Josh Learn to be moved to the IR with a sore back from sleeping on the couch because he managed to beat Molly 10-5. In what might have been the most confusing matchup in the league thus far, the Hall and Oates versus Oates and Hall saga was full of suspense. Josh's impressive plus 11 was certainly aided by his smooth pickup of Justin Falk at the start of the week, who was a plus 6. Smile to yourself as you rub A535 on your back this time, Josh. But you know as good as I do that this rivalry is just like the cream on your back, heating up. Next, we look to a matchup featuring almost as many blocks as shots on net. The Kami Nazis squeezed out an 8-6 win over the San Jose Clarks. Both teams put up over 20 assists this week. 53 blocks for the Kami Nazis, a plus 12. Two shutouts for the Clarks. 18 power play points. These numbers would have given any team a, uh, a tough run this week, but they happened to run into one another. So I think the rest of us should count ourselves lucky that the two managed to almost split the points down the middle here. Um, both teams look well. Clark, you know, coming off having traded away, Patrick Kane there may look to the waiver wire to try to pick up some of those points. He sure could have used them this week in a tough loss to Jordy. Next, we look to another nail-biter in the Monstars versus the Good Sportsman. This matchup was close all week, with Sean and the Sportsman edging out Melissa's Monstars by leaning heavily on his goaltending. The Vancouver tandem in Holtby and Demko carried the bulk of the load for the Sportsman. Melissa, you made a great pickup later in the week in grabbing Nikita Zadorov. I think that his physical presence will uh, provide some sandpaper to your high-octane offense. The last matchup featured Robo Slabo and his manatees continuing on their warpath, trampling the busy showrunners underfoot. While the lead shifted back and forth throughout the week, the T's managed to pull ahead and hold on for a 12-3 win, benefiting heavily 
from the busy showrunners not meeting the three minimum required goalie starts. With impressive totals in assists and shots despite less games, Brandon and the busy showrunners remain only a few moves away from being a legitimate contender. There were a lot of good moves this week on the waiver wire. Some uh, looking a little bit further long term saw that Tyler Toffoli may have found a home on Catherwood's Uncle Vaxxers, uh, but that could just be for the time being as well. Uh, this week's Scoop of the Week brought to you by Cool Licks on King Street in beautiful Welland, Ontario, goes to Jordy and the Kami Nazis for grabbing Tyler Mott, who was an absolute stud for you this week. Three goals, plus three, a game winner, nine shots, eight blocks, and a one-man wrecking crew throwing 16 hits. Has he earned a spot for another week, Jordy? You'd have to think so. So those are the breakdowns for this week's matchups. I'm now going to toss it to the interview with Commissioner Mike Catherwood. Mike Catherwood. Rob Foster. Welcome to the show. Oh, it's a pleasure. Am I your first guest? You are the first guest here on the Justice League Wrapped podcast, and I must say it is an honor um, that you carved some time out of your schedule to, you know, spend some time with us and uh, allow us the opportunity to get to know our our commissioner. Well, you know, it's uh, been busy down at the league offices. Uh, we've been doing a lot to expand this year. Um, there's a lot of embezzling going on. Uh, it's very, very, it's very strenuous, but you know what? It's Friday night when we're recording this. I hope that doesn't put the curtain back too much, but, uh, I got some time for you, Rob. I got some time for the league too. Oh, happy to hear it. I'm, uh, I'm going to cut straight to business. The first thing that I wanted to talk to you a little bit about was, uh, was the draft. We're not so far away from having made our, our draft pick. Um, as we all know, the, the last year of our current keeper set. Um, were there any other factors that you kind of had in your mind as you went about selecting the players that would uh, be represented on your team this year? Um, this year, I'll be honest. I have most draft years. I have a lot of uh, research done. I've spent money on websites that give rankings and stuff like that. Like I've given people money to give them their fantasy hockey research. And I've used that. It hasn't helped me much Uh, this year, just for a variety of reasons. I didn't have enough time to actually plan anything out for my draft. Like I didn't have a, a ranking system. I kind of went by feel, I think did a lot of sort by stats and sort by stats last year and sort by projected stats during the draft order. Um, this year, it was really just, uh, yeah, definitely a, a by-feel year. I'm excited for next year for the full draft, though. That's going to be very exciting. Um, that will be very exciting. Um, that being said, are you feeling right now like you're in more of a, a buy-or-sell position um, looking towards the playoffs? I mean, it's just the second week, although it is a shortened. Uh, it's only 13-week season. Uh, I'm feeling okay about my team right now. I'm having a rough time of it with, uh, old Chester, uh, whereas we're going to the weekend, Chester Lane of the hot wings. He is a, uh, an all-star, I would say a perennial all-star fantasy hockey coach manager. 
and i like my team i got a lot of scoring i've got a lot of i don't have a lot of dirty guys like a lot of hitters but uh face-offs goals all the offensive stats i feel good about my team i really feel like a lot of the young guys are going to pop out um uh yeah no I, I i think this year might be my year i'm cautiously optimistic well, cautious optimism uh, might be the theme for this year because uh, no one knows what to expect. Um, I know for myself, the the COVID factor, what is going to happen? Um, any plans for yourself and how to combat what is quite literally a injury bug that can infect an entire team? Uh, well, as commissioner, as you may or may, or may not have noticed, in the first week I took an executive decision and I added an extra player ad and an extra IR position uh, for all the good managers, just because there, I realized as soon as I didn't think about this before the season started, I was thinking more about uh, Canadian teams and the division groupings and how I wanted to make sure that I split one, one thing I, one idea I had in my mind was I wanted to split players among rosters. And that was, uh, I was thinking that because all the teams we played, if all Canadian teams are playing together so much, what if there's a week where they don't play together so much but it's also helping me because if uh like i've had i had one player in the washington capitals uh, Knetsov, he's been out for a week i think he's coming back this weekend but if you had ovechkin and um samsonov i think is the goal i can't remember I think orlov may have yeah. been in there too yeah and if if uh or whole teams are getting canceled like i think tonight or last night a uh a vegas knights game got canceled that's right so screwed me up, and yeah, you have to spread out your guys because, uh, like anyone can get COVID, and at any time people can be tested and wipe out a whole team. It can wipe out a line. Uh, it's a it's it's a brand new way to play fantasy hockey. I tell you that much. Well, I believe it was the Wu Tang Clan who said to diversify your bonds. Um, so I'm familiar with that record. Yeah. I am. Uh, I'm praying to the good Lord above that we don't have to think about COVID during the next draft. I hope we don't have to make these considerations again. <laughs> Your six keepers, who I have to say might be the most impressive bunch of keepers um, of the league: Drysaddle, Crosby, Hedman, Line, Bennington, and Net, and um, Kyle Connor. Good goal scorer. Good point getter. Yeah, I'm going to be on the up and up this year, and he has been pretty well. He has done very well. Um, Line A already on the move. Are you regretting the trade? Are you happy you made that trade? Uh, I wish I would. I'll be honest with you. I wish I would have uh, pressed old uh, San Jose Clarks. I think I I probably could have gotten maybe a good draft or something like that, maybe. Uh, But no, I'm happy with the trade. Line A is going to do very well. But I was, that was also in my head. It was just, I had too many Winnipeg players. Yep. And I didn't want to be, and so I knew I had to give away something. Uh, Landis Cog, uh, he's been performing. Yeah, I've been looking at his stats right now. He slowed down a bit. But, I mean, Colorado's a high-scoring team, just like Winnipeg is. He has good line mates, just like Line A would have. Um, and now with the trade to Columbus, though, I don't know what's going to happen to Line. I don't know if that makes him better. For a while, I was thinking that uh, Tortorella would probably, like, ruin him. Like, Tortorella ruins a lot of offensive guys. But then you see stuff like maybe – management's pissed off at Tortorella, so maybe Line A being there will boot out Torts, and then you'll maybe you'll have an offensive coach that'll do whatever Line A wants. So 
Uh, I'm kind of, if one thing I would regret, I wish Clark didn't do the trade. I wish I could have gotten it from somebody else. But <laughs> Clark is a very avid trader and uh, it shows in the gold. You can't, you can't argue with success. So moving on from some of, you know, some of the draft stuff, um, like a, a lot of people, when they, they think Mike Catherwood, they think, you know, big shot commissioner, um, private jets, private islands. Um, here on the podcast here, we want to know the man behind the N95 mask. When did you fall in love with fantasy hockey? Uh, when we were on the Mac first floor or whatever the first season of this was, I had never done it before. And uh, Josh Lerner invited me to the league. And I had no idea. Like I just, I knew what it was, but I'd never been in an organized group to do it. And that would have been what, 13 years ago. You got it. Uh, and I was in it, in it for right from the start. It's a lot of fun. It's a, it's an easy way to make um, hot, hockey games that aren't your favorite team. Interesting. Right. So I can like, I can go on. I could, I've used to have the NHL network. I could watch a Columbus versus, I don't know, Flyers game. Well, that'd be pretty good, but still, like I wouldn't usually care. Like who cares about Columbus versus Flyers? But I could get into it because oh, so and so's got this guy, so and so's got that guy. Uh, yeah, I wish I won more. That'd be sweet. <laughs> um, what team did you support growing up? Uh, I've always been a Montreal Canadiens fan. You know this. Uh, since I was uh, seven years old, I believe. Tell us about a vivid hockey memory that you have. Uh, I can remember when, um, Canada lost to United States in 98 for the gold. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it was, I was watching at my aunt and uncle's house and I just felt like, like the world, I just, it, to me, it didn't make sense that Canada would lose a gold medal to the United States. I was in full hatred of americans i remember i was really big into bret hart at that time the wrestler who hated americans and i also hated americans and i just remember being so jacked up it was winter 98 just being like man i hate america why would it and then they beat us in our own game and i distinctly remember like my dad having tears in his eyes and being like why didn't they just have al mcginnis slap shot into dominic hatchick's throat and take him out of the game in a shootout <laughs> I just remember being like, yeah, you're right, Dad. You completely, like, you should have killed him. That's <laughs> like, that would have been better. <laughs> oh, that was a great one, though. Uh, not great from a Canadian perspective, but, I mean. I still, re- I still remember, like, and Gretz, they didn't put Gretzky in the well, shootout. didn't take the shot. I think Ray Bork was yeah. in there. Um, yeah, Ray, yeah, that was it. Ray Bork was in the shootout for some goddamn reason, and. Gret, for for some reason, Gretzky, the greatest offensive player in the history of the game, was not, and that was that made me so mad. And yeah, that's, that's... last question for you. Um, and again, thank you on behalf of our, of our listeners for making the time to to talk with us today. Um, where are you and me gonna get a beer when uh, Toronto gets opened back up? In Toronto, when you come here, yep. we could go to well. <laughs> A lot of the places that I would like to take you to would probably shut down. Uh, if it's still open. <laughs> We're assuming things are still open. Uh, yeah, as long as they can hang in there. Uh, what's good? I would probably go to there's a place called Three Speed. It's on Bloor Street. It's got a cool back patio and a lot of cool beer. Uh, we could also go to... 
Uh, there's this place called the Brass Rail. Um, they do great stuff. They do great things. Um, well, either one, I'm I'm in. I uh, I miss you. All right. Love to see you. Miss you, brother. Thanks again for joining us. And also- hey, it's been an honor. It's been an honor and a pleasure. Thanks so much for, for doing this. And uh, I love the podcast, Rob. Keep up the great work. Oh, I will. Thank you. Thank you so much for everyone tuning in this week. Moving forward, we want to hear from you, our listeners. You have fantasy hockey questions. We have fantasy hockey answers. Check out the episode description for our voice mailbox information. Leave us a message where you can ask for advice on who you should drop, target in a trade, pick up, anything. Thanks again for tuning in, and until next week.